Welcome to the KIPPS Personal Trainer Application Podcast. My name is Tyler Valencia and I'm the president of KIPPS and Time to Train Fitness. We have a topic today that any fit pro, not just personal training, group exercise, maybe you're a manager, any fit pro can benefit from. We're going to jump into content creation for social media. We have Nina Carr. She is a fit pro that's done it all, instructor, manager, and she is going to be here to talk about a lot of important, the process, the protocol, all these things that she goes through. First of all, Nina, thank you for being on the episode. Thank you so much for having me. So let's kick it off to kind of set the stage for the episode and kind of give people an idea of your background. Nina, can you jump into your background in the fitness industry? Sure. Um, I have over 10 plus years experience in the fitness industry that pretty much encompasses instructing, teaching, leading, and coaching both inside and outside the gym. I've been featured multiple times on television for fitness segments, and I'm also the creator of my own group fitness format called Fire Up GX. Nice, nice. And when I decided to put this episode together, you were one of the first people that I thought of. I think that you do a fantastic job on your social media channels. I just checked before we started recording, just a slightly under 4,000 subscribers on Instagram, which is no thing to bat your eyes about. It's amazing. It's, it takes work to get to 4,000. And so you obviously you put work into it. You have ideas behind it. You're creating content. So let's kind of jump into this topic right away. What is your thought process when you are posting something for Instagram? Do you generally have a strategy that you're trying to hit when you're going through all that? Yes, you definitely have to have a strategy if you're utilizing social media to build your brand and to build your following or to fill up your classes or to get clients, whether it's Mm -hmm. inside the gym or outside the gym. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have a plan, it's just basically you're putting posts out there in videos and it's like throwing spaghetti on a wall and seeing what's going to stick or where you get the traction and engagement and likes from. Mm -hmm. So you definitely have to post with a purpose. The first step I would definitely recommend is you have to know who exactly it is that you're talking to, who is going to be reading your posts, reading your captions, reading your carousels, watching your reels, Mm -hmm. which are everything right now to me. They are so much fun to do. Basically, it's, you know, who is your niche Mm -hmm. and getting really specific. For example, fitness is not my niche. That's just a category. You have to get really specific about who it is that you want to help. And so when I think about that, for me, I think about myself and I'm trying to attract moms like myself who have multiple kids like myself. I have five Mm -hmm. kids, ages 10 through 16. Mm -hmm. And I'm also trying to attract those moms with kids so that we have more than one commonality, Mm -hmm. more than just being a mom. And so when I start to think about who it is exactly I'm trying to help, it's a mom with kids. What keeps them up at night? Mm -hmm. What is it it that they need help with? How can I serve them? Mm -hmm. How can I provide value to them? And so when I'm posting on social media, that's exactly who I'm talking to. And you got to get really specific with it. Wow. Wow. That's very fascinating. And I like that tip that you probably provided there about 
But thinking about yourself, like what are those items? I think sometimes a lot of people will be thinking, okay, who and what? Like, what does that person look like? What are they doing? Just start with yourself. Start with what are you? What are you thinking about? Do you typically pull from your experiences from the week, from the day? And like, oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to go film it. Absolutely. And think about who you were in the past. Like I, I've shared before, and I share it frequently on my social media is that, you know, I battle depression and anxiety. I'm not in my depression season or chapter in this moment, Mm -hmm. but I talk about it because one of my followers probably is in the moment. Mm -hmm. So sharing on social media, I'm sharing those tips, tricks, and tools for their well-being. You hit on a good thing right there. And I have to first say that sharing those types of things, I, I can only imagine the courage that it takes to do that thing. I, I know that I'm, I'll say that I'm not strong enough to share some of the stuff that I've gone through in life. And I think that it shows a, a lot of courage in my opinion. And I give you a lot of kudos for that. Do you ever feel like you need to hold back or limit what you're saying on social media? I am. That's a really great question, Tyler. I am pretty transparent. Mm-hmm. I, I always encourage that if you're trying to build your brand and your following, you've got to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, I do try to steer away from talking about politics or mm-hmm. you know the COVID vaccine, things like that. Some things that are too controversial, mm-hmm. you could if you like to, um, but that's just me. But I truly believe that you have to be relatable mm. because it's our differences that make us unique and set us apart from what you would call the competition right? In your niche, in your, in your industry, in your field. And so you've got to share who you are and the different chapters of your life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. That's good. And kind of taking a step back now with talking about reels. And again, I took a look at your social media and you are right. You do a lot of reels and they are fun. (laughs) (laughs) They are fun to, to watch. They take a little time. They take a little creativity, which I think is maybe one of the things that holds people back. Sometimes it's, oh, what, what, how do I do all this? And it takes practice too with your reels and your descriptions. Uh, one of the ones that I saw recently, I think it might've been yesterday or the day before that is you are at Disneyland. Who doesn't love Disneyland? Yes. And then you put your description together with it, all this kind of stuff. What was your thought process with that post specifically? Um, to bring joy, to show people the lighter side of me and to show them that um, in that post, it talks about giving zero Fs. <laughs> I like to curse. Um, mm-hmm. So on my post, it you know has the whole prof- profanity uh, word in there, but um, just giving zero Fs about what people think, be mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. That's really what the post is about. There was a parade going on at Disney. Disney does these parades and mm-hmm. it was the end of the parade and me and my my friend and and uh, our kids were there, and I just started dancing at the end of the parade. I was a part of the show. <laughs> I was living my best life, mm-hmm. and that's what I wanted to convey. Live your best life, and who cares what other people think? Love it. Love it. With your descriptions, do you follow any type of strategy with it, long form, short form, anything like that? Um, I do. It depends on what content I'm providing, mm-hmm. but I love to use carousels. So carousels is when you have different uh, caption on an image and 
you can swipe caption to see the next image. So instead of me writing out this long post, they can just read and swipe. Mm-hmm. Those really work. Um, I, I try to keep, I don't want to write a blog, right? Like if, if we're going <laughs> to write these long captions, then you might as well just create a blog. Mm-hmm. But I love doing carousels and I love doing reels. Those are my two go-tos in the, at the moment. I love it. I think it's um, right spot on. Right? If you're going to put a whole long description in there, I can tell you that if once I see those, I immediately just move on to the next thing in my life. Um, and that's, that's just me. And I know that people put a lot of thought into them and it goes back to even what you said earlier, like you're trying to find one person. I'm probably not that person that if you're going to put a description in there, it's just not something that I'm going to read. Um, but what I do think that is the, it's very uh, rich in content, what you are providing in there. It's not something that it's superficial. I, I do a lot of those in my opinion. It's like, I'll just put like a movie quote or something. Um, but you put good content, written content in there. Is there okay. a specific number of hashtags that you're typically using on Instagram or is it more of a, a brand building or are you just trying to mostly just hit who uh, I'll, I'll say all your followers? No, I'm not, every post when I'm using hashtags, I'm not trying to hit all of my followers. I try mm-hmm. to get very specific for the most part mm-hmm. so that correlates the hashtags correlate with the content that I had just posted. Mm-hmm. So I just recently posted um, a video, a cooking tutorial of me making sheet pan fajitas. Mm. So I made sure that my hashtags were very specific in relation to the content that I posted. Mm-hmm. So I'm making sure I'm putting healthy eating habits, accountability coach. So I've used hashtags in the past, depression, help, anxiety tips. I'm not going to really use those hashtags on this specific post because mm-hmm. it doesn't correlate. Yeah. Good point right there. Good point right there. With your content as well, with it being video content, a lot of video content, uh, some people struggle in that department. Is mm-hmm. there, um, do you just use your iPhone? I just use my iPhone. I don't have any fancy gizmos. I'm not very techie. I just have my iPhone 11. I do use a ring light. I'm all Mm -hmm. about lighting. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just me. Like, let's roll. I dig it. I dig it. I think that's a good thing for people listening that are maybe in that department that they think that they need to have a lot of fancy gear. I do have, I am somebody that does have a lot of fancy gear, but (laughs) (laughs) it, it it doesn't have to apply to everybody is the, I think the point that I'm trying to make, you could do it with just your phone you can do it. And I think that, I mean, especially if you're doing reels or you're putting together longer content, that's more than a minute, you don't need that. And your, your followers, the people that are really there to learn from you, see what you're posting, they're going to watch no matter what. I think that if it's, super wobbly and it's all messed up. I mean, I, I would say have a little bit of common sense with it. If it looks like you're, I mean, you just have your phone on, on your kitchen, um, or just on the counter and it's pointing up. It's nobody's going to watch that, make it semi entertaining for them, but you could do it with just your phone. I think that that's something that people really forget about is you have this powerful tool in your pocket that, I mean, I've seen posts from you that you're in your car and you're just yes. having some fun in your car. Uh, I think that that's one of the areas that a lot of people struggle with is that they think, oh, I have to be doing in a certain area because maybe they, they saw somebody on social media that they 
have their background, their brand, all that kind of stuff. You do yours wherever you are. I truly believe that it's not what you say or do. It's how you make your followers feel. And as long as you're providing valuable content or funny content, because they do love to be entertained at the same time, they Mm want to see, you know, your personality and not just, you know, hear or read all about your expertise. So just be authentically you, you know, you mentioned me in the car. Sometimes I haven't brushed my hair or even brushed my teeth, but because I just dropped my kids off, you know, to school, but I wanted to do my coffee talk video. Mm -hmm. And so filming in my car. That's really the most important thing. And yes, you do want to make sure that your camera, you know, isn't janky or tilted to the side because (laughs) we're easily distracted on social media, right? Yeah. So, But at the same time, they don't really care if you brushed your hair or not. They care about the message. Yeah, I dig that. I dig that a lot. Two questions that I know people, because I feel like I get asked this quite a bit. Um, Let's try to tie it back to fitness now in your your, your, uh, virtual gym and your virtual okay. training. Somebody I know is probably listening and thinking, okay, well, if I start sharing all this stuff about myself and I'm showing my kids, all that kind of stuff, well, how then does it benefit my business? I know that that's going to be a question people are thinking, what would be your response to them? It goes back to being relatable, mm-hmm. being trustworthy. This is going to help you to build your following because you are your brand, Mm -hmm. not the product you sell, not the services you do, not the programs that you're teaching, not, not, not the work that you created for the day for your client. You are your brand. So the more that you bring your walls down and you give them a little behind the scenes into your life, into your world on social media, and you can still keep certain aspects private. Absolutely. You know, my husband doesn't like all the time when, you know, I'm talking too much about our marriage. He's like, oh, you had to go there, right? You just had to talk about how we got in the fight. But it's relatable. And you'll be surprised at what they feel they have a commonality with. Not everything is fitness. With your husband, I got to chime in on that one because I'm remembering a post. (laughs) that I like, <laughs> and I, I always want to feel like I will want to comment on, even though I know I'm not your, your target demo. I'm a little different. I, I'm not, a, I'm not a mom. I don't have any kids. Um, <laughs> but uh, one of my favorite posts that you did was uh, it was one about your husband busting a flex in the mirror. And I think weighing himself every single night. And I'm like, <laughs> I love that and I'm in the background. I'm thinking, Oh, poor guy. Just, just getting put on blast by, by his wife when he's trying Pretty- to bust a flex. Yes, he wasn't. Well, he wasn't weighing himself. He rubs. I mean, he's going to kill me. He rubs <laughs> his belly. I mean, it's it's out there. Let's just be right. He every night as he's getting ready for bed, he will, you know, shirt off and he just looks at himself and he breathes in, <sighs> exhales out and he rubs his belly. But yeah, you got to keep it real. But how many of my moms responded either <laughs> laughing because it was entertaining in the funny sense, right? Yeah. I hit the funny category yeah. at my husband's expense, like you said. But in the same respect, I had so many people commenting like, oh, my gosh, my husband does that, too. Or my husband does something similar. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a great post. Yeah, it was a great post. I, I, I think I feel like it was like maybe over a month ago and I still remember it. Yeah. Uh, yeah but um, next question that I know people are going to ask about, because it's also a popular one, too. And okay. I think you kind of hinted at some of these as well, um, is the whole difference between a business page and having your own 
with a lot of people. They're like, okay, well, do I have a separate one? Do I share separate content? Where, um, where do I share a post that I'm talking to my family, but maybe there is a fitness related. Do you subscribe to anything like that? Or you just think that it, it depends? What, uh, what's your thought on that? I think that it depends. Mm-hmm. I personally have tried both with me and my time management and what I can put on my plate every day. It just didn't work out. Yeah. And I remind myself, again, this is what works for me. For someone else, it, it may be different. I am my brand. You are your brand. And so everything that I do is on my one page. I do mm-hmm. have a business page, but I only have that linked up if I'm trying to do an ad for social media or something along those lines. But 90, 95% of what I do is on my personal pages. Okay. Okay. And kind of a secondary question along that. And I've met people that are like this with, they don't share too much with their family. First, I got to ask, do your kids ever try to run away when you have your camera out? All the time. All (laughs) the time. I have to bribe them. (laughs) I bribe them with canes, takeout, or I'll, you know, literally say, I'll give you $10 if you take the picture. Just please take the damn picture. It's pretty funny. And I wish Raising Canes was a sponsor. I've always wanted, I've actually, I'm saying that I wish, even though I've never tried them, I just, the line is too long for me out here. And you know where, where I live out here. The line's just too long. I, I'm not that way in line for that. Um, but I hear it's good. It's so worth it. That's why there's a long line. Come on, Tyler. <laughs> um, with the, the whole family sharing your uh, your family with it. There are some people that want to have that barrier between it, or maybe they're thinking about it. What advice would you have for them? Um, it depends on how old your kids are. Like one, I respect my family's privacy. I do, even though I share a lot. Um, mm-hmm. There are some posts before I, you know, share it. When my husband and I had an argument, you know, before I made a post, I ran it by him. Like, hey, are you comfortable with me talking about this? What mm-hmm. are you talking about? Go for mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk openly about my 16 year old son, Mason, who is dealing with situational depression and anxiety that mm-hmm. came about since the pandemic. And before I started openly talking about this with my followers, he and I had a discussion and I asked him how he felt about it. So, you know, you can definitely create and set boundaries on mm-hmm. what you want to share and what you will not share. Good. That's really good. And I mean, that's, I think, part of communication. I, I think that shows uh, how well you can communicate with your family about sharing their their story, what they're going through on social media, where you don't know who's going to see it. And I think that's uh, very positive in my, in my mind. Um, with individuals now that might be struggling in terms of just getting the wheel going, they are maybe sitting here listening to this episode like, oh, like I know Nina on social media, or maybe they just saw the, the whole creating content part and they're, they're in that boat. I know there's a lot of people in that boat. I've spoken with one individual even in the last week mm-hmm. about they did, they just don't know what, well, how do I get these ideas where, well, oh, do I need to set something up? And they're worried about consistency, all these kind of things. What kind of resources and items would you try to recommend for them? Um, the first thing I do is the, the first thing that needs to be set in place is that you have to create some sort of system mm-hmm. on how you're going to be utilizing social media. And so for me, that system is 
picking one day of the week where I'm going to just do research, Mm. research content, whether it's me looking through reels and getting inspired. And that's one thing I want to stress is you never want to be a copycat, right? We don't want to copy what other people are doing in our niche, other influencers, but you can get inspired by what they do and then make it your own because you are your brand and people are going to follow you for you. Mm-hmm. But you definitely want to set aside time to research. And one platform that I use is called Answer the Public. And so when you use Answer the Public, you can just go directly to their website. You don't have to pay for anything. And you'll go into their search box. It's best to use two words to type in. And for example, like I'll type in anxiety tips. Mm. And it will pull up questions or captions like how to, Mm -hmm. what to. And so that will help me to start to get the wheels rolling in my head. Okay, what's going to be my next, you know, bit of content creation here? How to fight anxiety naturally. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, do I want to share this content in a reel? Do I want to share this content in a carousel? So that's how you start to get creative. So the first step is research. My second step would be to create. And that again can be in the form of reels, carousels, you talking in a video mm-hmm. or a picture with just caption. The third would be now I've got to edit this. I want to proofread this. I'm going to ask myself, does this provide value? Is this what my follower wants? Do I need to add more value to it or even edit it and kind of remember, like we said, we don't want to blog. So mm-hmm. do I need to edit this down? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for editing, if it's videos, I love using InShot, the app InShot and the app Perfect Video. Mm. For my pics, I literally just use filters on my iPhone. Mm-hmm. And I'm very careful with filters. Again, you do you, right? You are your brand. Yeah. But at the same, in the same respect, I don't want Snapchat filters <laughs> <laughs> because is it really me? Am I being authentic? Am I being relatable? The fourth step that I do is now I'm going to plan and schedule. When will this reel go out? When will this carousel go out? When will this workout wad video go out? And so you can save your drafts on Instagram. I love using that. You can use the scheduler on Facebook for both Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. But I also use the app called Later, mm-hmm. L-A-T-E-R. And so you can schedule what time you want it to post, what day you want it to post. So when you're posting, your followers think you're on in real time. Mm-hmm. And in some respects, you do need to be on in real time to comment and engage because that's the purpose of social media, right? Is to engage. Mm-hmm. But in the same respect, I might have a coffee talk video pop up on your newsfeed, but now I'm teaching a live a workout with my clients. Mm-hmm. And then the last step is you've got to use hashtags that correlate with your niche or with what your content is about. Yeah. And I use anywhere from 20 to 30 hashtags. And then I measure and I track what posts, what reels, what carousels are working. And I use that through the analytics. Nice. 
Nice. Very insightful there. Very insightful. And uh, you got to say, you provided a lot of very good resources for people to go check out. If you're listening, things like later, or even I use the one that Nina mentioned. Uh, it's called Creator Studio within Facebook that you can post to, you can post and schedule for both yep. of those platforms. And it's free within the platform. You can just type in Creator Studio, or if um, you're on a page, you can go find it. And it's relatively easy in my opinion, but it's free. Um, later is very good as well. There's going to be people listening that are going to say, oh, well, I've heard that schedule is that they take away your your views or your likes because you're not using and you're not doing it in real time. And my response to that is, well, one, if you're using Creator Studio, it's made by Facebook, which owns Facebook and Instagram. They don't right. want you to use things that are a part of their platform if, they're, if you're using their platform, they're going to use it more. And the second thing is if you have good content, people are going to look at it no matter what. And then it gets into their algorithm. It gets into more people's views. And all of a sudden they use the schedule and it didn't really matter. You're weighing in your head. If more consistency is, is going to be a benefit or a potential of less views at the beginning, you're going to weigh those things out. And I would say getting a rhythm, getting consistent, if that's where you're struggling right now to make content, yeah, use a schedule, use something that's going to make your life easier and help build your brand that way. So I, I, I think it's great that you shared that you use something like later because that one is not owned by Facebook or Instagram and you are building your brand on Instagram. And it's something that uh, the afterthought too, with the making sure you're responding, all that kind of stuff helps out with it. it it's uh, I think you hit on it in terms of the process that your process that you shared right there is that's what pros do in terms of they're consistent. There's thought behind it. That's not just I'm going to think of something where I'm going to go copy something you're putting in the research, the steps. And I think that those are really what help a business grow is that they are putting in the research that what is popular. They're not just doing the same thing. I think that really starts to help grow a brand right there. I've said it a lot in the last month that content creation is one of the hardest things for business. Consistency is also just as hard. So Oh, that whole process you laid out there, that is something that if you're listening right now. You can pause this episode or or once you're finished, go implement that right away. You can use the resources that Nina just mentioned right away. Um, now let's talk about a little bit the, the mental side of social media and sure. the confidence part of it, because I think I've mentioned already, like you show a lot of courage, a lot of confidence in your posts. What for, we'll even use a niche market. We'll use a, the, the mom that's in the fitness industry, what type mm -hmm. of advice will you have for them that they are maybe are struggling with putting themselves on camera or they think that nobody's going to want to watch it? What do you, what would you say to them? Just go for it. Yeah. Don't, here's the thing. It goes back to what I said earlier. It's not what you say or do. It's how you make people feel. Yeah. For a long time in the very beginning, when I, became a part of the fitness industry and started instructing and teaching group fitness classes, I would compare myself to other instructors, other instructors in the gym that I taught at, other instructors that I looked up to and admired and were influencers. And comparison is the thief of joy. Mm -hmm. And my head, I thought that I had to be 
a certain way, that I needed to look a certain way, that I wasn't really a, a personal trainer because I'm not cut up. Well, guess what? My body is not designed to be cut up like that. Mm-hmm. I will never have the six pack. Thank God. You know, my kids, not thank God. I take that back. Not thank God. But my children have taken that away from me. I will <laughs> never have that. But guess what? That doesn't mean that I am less than. So when it comes to confidence, you just need to start putting yourself out there. And, you know, when you talked about consistency, Tyler, even when you're putting yourself out there, don't get overwhelmed and think, oh, gosh, you know, Nina and Tyler are talking about reels and they're talking about posts and she's mentioning carousels. What the hell is that? Is that, you know, a ride that you go on at the park? What is that? Just start thinking about what is one thing you can share every day? Mm -hmm. Whether that is a video or it is a reel, what is one thing that you can provide of value? And mm-hmm. that will help you with your confidence. That's also going to help you to not feel so overwhelmed, especially if you're just getting started using social media or you want to get the gears really rolling. Just start with one post a day, but being consistent like we talked about. Yeah. And even on the weekends, because yeah. I'm give you this golden, golden nugget right now. This is a golden ticket. To me, the weekends are the best time to be on there. A lot of people think, well, that's when people aren't on social media. They're living their lives. They're doing their things on weekends. You know, statistics shows that the the numbers are lower with people coming onto social media. That's the time you get on. Mm -hmm. Because your competition most likely isn't. I love it. I love that right there. The thing that I don't know why I didn't talk about earlier, and you mentioned it was about... Um, not just the consistency, but that you could share content and schedule it. I think that's one thing that people sometimes think that, oh, I have to do it in the moment. I have to be on it right away. I I can't tell you how many times that I've shared posts from like two, three, (laughs) a week before. And there are (laughs) there are people that think like, oh, you're, you're at this place. Yeah. You're going to get people like that. And it's like, no, I, I'm not, I haven't been there for like a week or like I'll schedule, (laughs) I'll do things the next day. Like sometimes I'll I'll show a a clip from my workout or something like that, but maybe it's a day from a day before or two days before. Um, But I still followed a lot of the items that Nina and I've mentioned before about uh, the quality of it. A lot of And I'll just say, since I do have fancy cameras, I do have an iPhone. I'll make sure it's in 4K. I'll put some filters on it and I'll do a little bit of that, a little bit of this with making it look nice, but it's older content and there's nothing wrong with that. I think that that's something that people will stray from. Like my advice would be for, if you're in that department, if you filmed a couple shots from your workout, like don't feel bad about that. If you're, if you're showing it three days from now, yeah. You, at least you did it. You got into a rhythm. You got some practice with it. I think that's one of the things that people will will, will, will stop them is they think they got to be perfect on that first one. You yes. can't. There's, there's literally no way that you can be perfect on your first one. You got to get into a rhythm. You got to see, like, oh, this is what happened. I did that. Oh, wow. Like this person, like I, I need to comment. You're going to get all that practice from just getting going and not holding yourself in that aspect. And they're not going to know they're not like when I, when I share the snippets of my workouts, it, like you said, it could be a workout that I did the week before or two days before they don't know. And neither do they care about that. They care about the value of the content that you're providing them. 
Mm-hmm. And so much more time consuming, in my opinion, when you have to sit there and think of a post on the fly. Yes. That's, I've done that. And I do do that occasionally. But to me, that's the most challenging part. Whereas when I can really sit down and allot a few hours to take the time to research, because you want to provide quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. It's not a putting out five posts for today, but the quality is low. Yeah. I put out one good post and the quality be premium. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent agree with that. And I think it shows with uh, people that do focus on the quality that it, you'll just start seeing followers start following you. And you're like, well, how did I, I only put out one post a week? Yeah, but it's quality. It's something good. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, there are some, I wanted to share, um, if you don't mind, like different content types. Yeah. So when you're thinking about, well, what kind of content I could, can I put out there? Educational. And that could be tutorials, guides, tips, and lists. Promotional, where you're talking about the benefits or the results, or you're even sharing testimonials, or this is where you can share before and afters. Even of yourself, people love to hear about your own personal journey as well. Even if in the moment, you know, you are ripped and fit and like living your best life in the moment in your age, how were you before? They want to hear those stories. Um, Personal, I'm all about this. You know, this is when you're sharing fun facts about yourself behind the scenes. It's important to continuously reintroduce yourself to your followers on social media, especially when you're getting new followers, they don't know your backstory and even sharing, you know, your workday, what does a day in the life of what you do look like? Another one is community. You can do a Q and a or share client photos, testimonials, or even do an answer FAQ answering some of those burning questions they have, or maybe some of those questions that have been holding them back from wanting to join with you or sign up with you or take a class with you. And then my personal, personal favorite is entertaining. I love <laughs> to give entertaining content. And that could be you know, where you're sharing memes, relatable quotes. Again, quotes that are relatable to your niche. Fun facts about yourself. Again, people want to learn more about you, mm-hmm. not just about expertise in your field. They know you're a great fitness professional. What else about you can you share? And then fun reels. I just have a ball with those. And those don't have to be niche related. Just have fun doing them. Yeah, I dig it. And thank you for sharing all those. They, I think that people will struggle with a lot of those. They will maybe just try to subscribe to one and they're struggling to find other ideas. It's uh, It could be a plethora. There's so many elements of yourself that you could dive into. You might just start with one, build, build, build. And it's ideas like what you just shared that help people get rolling, which I really do appreciate you sharing those on the episode. Nina, we're going to get to the podcast takeaways here. And the story that I always share about the podcast takeaways is that they came from somebody that I got to say that if you have Amazon Prime, you can go watch this documentary. It's pretty fascinating to watch an individual that did 50 Ironmans in 50 states. I think it was in 50 days. It was something crazy. Yeah. And just insane. And 
Yeah. And he was asked, what were three myths about Ironman competitions? We're not talking about Ironman competitions in this podcast. We're talking about the fitness industry. So Nina, what are three myths about the fitness industry? Ooh, that's a loaded (laughs) question. Very loaded. (laughs) I would say the first is, I'm going to debunk this myth that everyone is your competition. Everyone Mm -hmm. is not your competition. There is room for everyone at the table. And what we need to do as fitness professionals is be more open to linking and locking arms with other fellow fitness professionals instead of thinking that you've got to stay in your lane and just focus on you and not share your own tools, tips, and resources. Share. I'm all about that. I have so many fitness professionals reach out to me all the time, asking me for resources, tips, guidance, contact information. I think you do a disservice to yourself, to your brand, to your even own integrity and to others in the industry when you just want to hoard that and keep it to yourself. You don't want to share that. Mm -hmm. And that's because we think that everyone is our competition. So not everyone is your competition. Uh, gosh, I got two more. Okay. Um, debunking that you have to look a certain way. As a fitness professional, you don't have to look a certain way. Just be authentically you. Okay. Don't worry about, I'm not at my ideal goal weight yet. Oh, I don't have my arms looking a certain way. I still need, you know, 10 more pounds to lose. They're going to want to go to that instructor because she has more energy than me, or they like that personal trainer more because he looks buff and ripped. And yeah, don't worry about that. You don't have to look a certain way. It's not what you say or do. It's how you make your clients feel. One more. One more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say that I've always known this to be true. And um, I was doing it myself before the pandemic, but virtual fitness is not going away. A lot of people, including myself, love teaching virtual fitness classes and they love taking virtual fitness classes. So you get the best of both worlds now with teaching or taking in person or doing it virtually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And this is the point where I usually comment on one. And the one I'm going to talk about is that first one, because it's something that hopefully I can give somebody a business idea right here to help them with their content and linking this back to the overall theme of this episode with competition and thinking that, oh, well, I can't share this, can't do that. I'll share share with you right now that the way that this podcast is put together, a lot of elements of Kips, a lot of elements with my other business time to train. I have those in YouTube tutorials, literally the step-by-step in there that you can follow them and know exactly how we do them. And some people are like, oh, why are you giving away all this rich content, these ideas and how you do things? Well, first of all, I know that there's a lot of people that aren't going to do it, that this might be difficult, but I'm putting it out there so that it's a resource for those that want to. And with that, I'm also sharing our business model and how we do things. And so you could have a, a process of what you're sharing with the world, sharing with fellow instructors, because it's going to benefit them. And at the same time, you are also creating marketing materials. The, these are materials that are going out on social media and newsletters, and they're out there for the world to see. So if you think that 
your content, yeah, I got to protect this. I, I can't share how I'm doing things that you think that it's super special. I would say that that's what you got to share. You got to share all that stuff because yeah, it's, there's so many more benefits than thinking that, oh, my way is the special way that you have to pay to get in order to learn about it. How are they going to know if, if, if it is special? So think about that. And the latter part of that is with thinking that everybody's your competition and that it's a fight to get clients. Uh, you think about if the majority, overwhelming majority of people do not work out and the overwhelming majority of people do not have gym passes. So to think that you have to fight for all those people that the, the minority that are working out and that are attending a gym, do not think that if you can find a way to bring people in and that's where virtual fitness comes in and make people feel comfortable, share stuff about yourself, build those relationships, all the things that Nina shared today, you will have the golden ticket. Literally, you will have uh, the chance to bring in new people and help people, which I think is why we entered this industry was to help people, to make them feel healthier, to help them grow. And if you can reach them in a new way, it is something that is just going to make you feel great and ultimately go and contribute to your passion. Nina, as we wrap this episode up here, can you share your social media links, anything you have coming up and even your website? Sure. So you can follow me on Instagram at Real Talk with Nina Carr. And my website is teamcarconsulting.org. Love it. Love it. Nina, thank you for being a guest on the podcast. Shared a lot of useful information that I know people listening that they're going through those items right now. I see it all the time on social media as people are asking these questions or saying it that they just need help with just getting going or what do I share? All these kinds of stuff. So Nina, thank you for going in depth on it and being my guest. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Tyler. <laughs>